On tonight, God has instructed me for the next several weeks uh, to do what we did earlier in the year, and that is to continue the topic from our Sunday message. Uh, many of you have said that you were blessed by that. We are able on Tuesday nights to go even deeper into the message that we cannot and time would not afford us the opportunity to do on Sunday morning. With that in mind, the subject for this lesson tonight is the subject that we shared with you on Sunday, which is simply entitled, When This Is Over. When This Is Over. It is important for you to understand that this too will pass. It is important to understand that no matter how dark the day the sun will shine again. In order for there to be a rainbow, there must first be rain. And in fact, usually a storm. The rainbow always, the rainbow always comes after the storm. And so I say to you that in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of what you're going through, this too will pass. And yes, God will do something great with what we have gone through. The scripture reference is 1 Peter chapter 5. Sunday we shared with you verses 6 through verse 11. Tonight we want to share with you verses 10 and verse 11. 1 Peter, the 5th chapter, the 10th and the 11th verse. And we're reading from the New International Version. When this is over. When this is over. Verse 10 of 1 Peter chapter 5, New International Version. And it reads, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Listen to this. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Verse 11, to him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Listen, we, we began this discussion on, on Sunday, and, and God asked that I reiterate this again tonight. A crisis is not a welcome thing. No one, no one invites crisis in their life. No one says, I, I, I'm going to look for hardships and heartaches. Not a usual person, normal person, or someone who is usually rational. However, a crisis can present us with an unexpected opportunity for something transformational, something wonderful to occur in our lives. We don't look for it, but yet we understand that it can be for our benefit. Hardships and struggles are often Please do not miss this. Hardships and struggles are often a part of God's divine plans 
for our life. Yes, David said in Psalms 119, it was good that I suffered. It was good that I was afflicted. Why? Verse 71, he says, because it, it taught me your statutes. I, I, I am better, he says, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees, to your word. David didn't say he invited it in his life, but he says, and see, you can, you can only say this usually when you are going through it or you are looking back in retrospect. So, you know, Lord, I, I didn't ask for that, but I'm glad I went through it because it, it taught me something about you. It taught me something about your word. The truth is, over the last 13 weeks, and we began these virtual services on March 17th. It's been 13 weeks. Over the last 13 weeks, uh, we have seen ourselves, if you're honest, uh, many of us have seen ourselves from March 17th to now, we've seen ourselves grow in our relationship with the Lord because there weren't as many distractions <laughs> and they were not absent because we chose for them not to be there. A lot of us were forced to, to realign our lives and the things that we thought were so important, we realized perhaps I could have done and I am doing without them. It, it gave you an opportunity as David writes in Psalms 119.71, to learn more of the decrees of the Lord. Listen, on this past Sunday, I talked about the Chinese symbol for crisis. And in that message, I shared with you that uh, many noted speakers have referenced this. The late President John F. Kennedy did, but listen to this. Written in Chinese, the word crisis is composed of two characters. It is composed of two characters, one that represents danger, and here's the key, and the other that represents an opportunity. And this is worth saying, that's why I'm glad God has led me to teach on this on this Tuesday night. So a crisis is and can be a danger, but it can also be a wonderful opportunity. Think about that. Danger, opportunity. In the midst of your danger, there was an opportunity. I, I'm thinking of David. Think of David as a young man, even before he confronted Goliath. David was a shepherd. David had the menial job of taking care of his father's sheep. While he could have been angry, he could have been bitter, he could have said, why, why is it that my brothers uh, Eliab and the others have these wonderful positions? And here I am on the hillside taking care of sheep in danger territory. And it was dangerous because while he was doing it, according to David's own testimony, I encountered a bear and a lion while, while guarding the sheep. But what that did 
is that that gave David the confidence and God gave him the strength. And because he had the strength, he developed the confidence uh, to know something. If, if I, and this is what he said to King Saul uh, as he was asking to confront Goliath on behalf of God and the nation. He says, if God can give me the strength to overcome both a bear and a lion, I can take out this uncircumcised, unworthy Philistine giant called Goliath. Now, what gave David the confidence was the encounter, the dangerous encounter with the bear and the lion. Think about where David's life would have been if he had not had those encounters. Perhaps he would not have had the confidence to say, I can handle Goliath. Listen to this. God dropped this in my spirit as I was thinking about this today. God says the reason why many of us can handle our Goliaths is because we've already dealt with our demons. And because we were successful dealing with the demons, God says when the bigger demon comes, when the giant comes, when Goliath comes on the scene, our confidence is God if you can do it for me then, you can do it for me now. So the question for us is what happens when the crisis that we're going through is over? Will we be better? Will we be bitter? Will we be thankful? Will we be jaded? Will we be stronger? Will we be weaker? Will we seize the opportunity and allow something good to come out of what we have been through. That is a question that you have to deal with right now because I'm here to tell you that it will be over. You will eventually come from the shelter in place that you're in. They will eventually develop a vaccine and life will go back to what we call normal. Question is, Will you come out bitter or better? Will you come out thankful or will you be jaded? Will you say, I'm stronger, my faith is stronger, and it is not weaker? That is going to be up to us. When it is over, how will you be? So the question is not if this is ever going to be over. It will be. question is, how will you be? When this is over, I don't know about you, but my prayer has always been, Lord, I want to come out of this better. I want to come out of this thankful. I'm not going to be jaded. I'm not going to be angry at you. Uh, my faith will be stronger, not weaker. That is the challenge, my brothers and sisters. And it is personal. It is personal. You are in it, perhaps not by your own accord, but listen to this, and there are some who may take issue with this. You may not have contributed to the fact that you are in this, but you will contribute mightily to how you come out of it. It, it, it will, you will come out of this with a sense of, I am like David. 
And Lord, I know that if I can overcome a bear and a lion, I can overcome Goliath. And listen to this. Listen to this text. It's so wonderful. The same weapon he used against the bear and the lion, he used against Goliath. Someone says, how could anyone use a sling and a stone? And here's the answer. Because he had used it before. <laughs> it was tested. When, when your weapons against the enemy have been tested, then you have confidence. And if you know prayer worked before, you know prayer works again. If you know if I fast and turn my plate down and seek God, if, if, if I find a way uh, to isolate myself from my friends and family members for a few days and get in the presence of God, that has worked for me. That has given me a sense of calmness and a sense of peace. Uh, these are the things that you've tested before. God says when the major storm comes your way, ooh, you will be able to say, I know it works. How do you know it works, Pastor Jackson? Because it has worked for me before. There are three key takeaways from this message, from these verses, verse 10 and 11, that we want to go deeper into, that we did not get a chance to do on Sunday. In fact, we purposely saved it for Tuesday night. Three key takeaways. We shared what the takeaways are. Now let us go into them a little deeper. Verse 10 again. Let us read the text again. Verse 10. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Listen to what it says as we get into the takeaways. After you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Three key takeaways. Number one is this. The first key observation, the first key takeaway in these two verses. In fact, in this one verse, verse 10, is this. We serve a God of grace. <laughs> uh, that's what the, and, and, and the God, in, in fact, it said we serve a God of grace and the God of all grace. Uh, you can take comfort in the fact that the God you serve is a God of grace. What do you mean, Pastor Jackson? What is grace? Grace is this. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. First Timothy 1 and 9. Amen. You can go home and read it. New Living Translation. First Timothy 1 and 9. Uh, grace is the unmerited favor of God. For the law, Paul writes this, for the law was not intended for the people who do what is right. He said, it is for the people who are lawless and rebellious, he says, who are ungodly and sinful, who consider nothing sacred and defile what is holy and kill that. That's, that's what he says in, in, in the text. He tells us that we were guilty. We were guilty. And so grace is that unmerited favor of God. It is God coming back and saying to us, um, I know what you've done. I know what you've done. I, I know as, as one who killed a father and a mother or uh, were murderers, uh, you don't deserve salvation by your own work. 
but grace of God, that unmerited favor of God. That's what grace is. So key takeaway number one, we serve a God of all grace. Then the second first takeaway still, but the second observation under the first takeaway is this. We are saved by grace. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 tells us very clearly that we are saved by grace. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. Listen to what Paul writes. And this is not from yourself. This is all the selfish egotistical maniacs out there who think you are smart enough and great enough and spiritual enough and holy enough uh, that, the only, that the reason you're not like everybody else is that you got no Holy Ghost. And God says, no, you are saved through faith. This has nothing to do with your ability. It is a gift of God. The ninth verse of Ephesians chapter 2 not by works so that no one can boast. Reason we can't brag is because we are saved. In, in fact, there ought not be any boastful people serving the Lord. I, I, and, 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 and I must confess, I, I would tell you this. There, there are times where I get really upset by people boasting about what God did through them as if they did it. As if, look at my church. Look at my ministry. Look at what I have done. Uh, but here's what God said. God said this. God says that we are saved not just by our works. But we, but, but we, we are saved by what God has done through us. Uh, it, it is the power of God. It is the grace of God. Y'all... That we are saved. Listen, God's grace is powerful. God's grace is unmerited. If you're saved tonight, it is because of God's grace. And then, still on takeaway number one, God's grace, listen to this. These are the words directly from the Apostle Paul's writing. God's grace is sufficient. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 and 9, the New International Version. Look at this. Paul's testimony was this. Paul says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take this away from me. You know what gets me in this? <laughs> Pastor Mac, Elder Jeff, and others. You know what gets me is that I've had more people debate what Paul's infirmities were than they debated grace is sufficient. I've seen people get into heated arguments about what were Paul's infirmities. Somebody said sexual demons. Somebody said nearsighted, farsighted. Somebody said that Paul was short and ugly. And that's what that he wanted God to change that. These are just all hypothetical speculations by uninformed people who are trying to look deep. Okay. And so, but the Bible, Paul doesn't even value what he went through enough 
tell us what it was. <laughs> I mean, he is a literary giant. He is a literary genius. He knew how to put words together unlike anybody else. And if Paul thought it was important to his testimony for you to know what he was going through, he would have told you. But here's what he did say. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take away from me. Verse number nine, he goes on to say, but here's what God said to me. God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. The New Living Translation says, my grace is enough. <laughs> for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, Paul says, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Who says this? Who, who in Paul's position says, I'd rather talk about my weaknesses so that God can get the glory? I don't have to talk about my strength. What if we operated like that? What if, what if every preacher in America operated like that? What, what if every, every fan of every minister operated like that? And it was no longer who's your greatest preacher, minister, singer, all of that. All you cared about is God getting the glory. Paul says, the reason I highlight my weaknesses is because when you see what God can do through a weak vessel like me, God gets the glory. I'm here to say to everybody who want to be great, every powerful singer who graces this pulpit, everybody who thinks the anointing of God is on your life. God said, I don't need your boastfulness. If you spend more time telling other folk how great you are, you leave no room for God to brag on you because we're doing it ourselves. Paul said, through my weaknesses, through my suffering, I have become great. Oh, second key observation, let me get through this, is this. Second key observation is this. Our suffering will not last forever. This is in verse 10 of the text. Our suffering will not last forever. The first is that we serve a God of all grace. Second is that our suffering will not last forever. Verse 10 says this clearly in the text. After you have suffered a little while. After you have suffered a little while. What is, there, there are a couple of things in this, not even a full verse, in this clause in one verse. Paul says, first of all, suffering is going to be temporary. It is not going to last forever. It is going to happen and all of us have to go through it, but it will last a little while. Now here's the question. Pastor Jackson, what is a little while? And I can't tell you that. God, God says, I, I don't put days and weeks and years on it. All I'm telling you, I don't, but I've been going through this for five years. That's a little while. <laughs> I've been struggling for 10 years. That's a little while. I've been struggling for 10 days. That is a little while. It doesn't matter. God says, after you suffered temporarily, 
Then he says this. Here's what Peter says to this. When second key, our suffering will not last forever. First Peter chapter one and verse six, the New Living Translation puts it this way. Peter writes these words. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead. Even though, look at this, even though you must endure many trials for, here are these words again from another apostle, many trials for a little. Wow. <laughs> Peter said, there is wonderful joy ahead of you. After this, there is joy ahead of you when this is over but you're going to have to go through something but here's the key second key observation and takeaway for a little wow listen to me my brothers and sisters you will laugh again you will get your joy back you will dance and praise God again this too will pass. How long are we going to be in this state, Pastor Jackson? I don't know. I don't know if it's another three weeks, four weeks, or four months, or five months. But here's what I've conditioned my mind to believe. I can't control when it's over, but I can control how I come out of it when it's over. Because whenever it's over, it is a little Wow. I looked at the last pandemic and I thought this was interesting, Mac, and to Bill, you would appreciate this. Um, one of my relatives, my great, great grandfather, according to the death records that I've just discovered, died in 1918 from the flu pandemic. He, he lost Ishmael Jackson was his name. He was born in 1850 as a slave in Lower Richland and he died in 1918. And his death certificate says from complications suffering from his breathing. So we all know what happened in 1918. It's the pandemic. That was horrible. Great granddaddy lost his life. And here we are now in 2020. His great, great grandson is standing declaring God is still good. God says, I don't care what you've been through, what your family has been through, God still gets the glory. And am I here to tell somebody, even if Pastor Jackson doesn't survive this 2020 pandemic, God's praise will. <laughs> somebody will stand up and still say, God is still good all the time. Uh, why? Because God gets the glory. Here's the last one, third and the last one. Uh, this, is, this is a powerful one. Well, let me read this 2 Corinthians 4 and 17 first. This is the last scripture for the second takeaway. 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, Paul writes this word as it relates to suffering for a little while. And I want to share this with you. Amen. This is why I like Tuesday nights. Sunday did not afford me the opportunity to do this. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, New Living Translation. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. 
yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. <laughs> Take that home with you. Amen. Keep that with you. Take that to bed with you tonight. For your present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for you a glory that vastly outweighs what you're going through. In other words, where you're going to is going to be greater than what you're going through. God says, I've got you and everything is going to be all right. And here's the last one. This is the third key takeaway. Third key observation is found in verse number 10 of our text. That last verse that says, after you have suffered a little while, the last clause of verse 10 says, God himself, look at the text, he will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Look at those words. Those words speak for itself. And God himself will restore us making us firm, strong, and steadfast. <laughs> Not the preacher. If you're looking for somebody to preach you out of this, that's not how it's going to happen. God himself will restore you. And he will make you strong, firm, and steadfast. The last point of this third and final takeaway says this. God will, listen, as we prepare to conclude this message, listen to this. God will use our suffering to make us strong, to make us firm, and to make you steadfast. You're going to look back over your life and say, I got this way because I went through something. <laughs> You're going to look back over your life. 2020 is going to be a tipping point in somebody's life. Amen. The key word in secular uh, vernacular is a paradigm shift. It is going to be a paradigm shift. You're going to look back over your life. Whew. Some of you says and say, I became stronger. I became better. I am steadfast. <laughs> I am firm simply because I trust in God. And in the midst of what you are going through, listen, as our praise team comes, here's what God told me to tell you. Ricky Dilly writes this song. Listen to these words. In the midst of your crisis, I need you to look me in the eyes as I say this. In the midst of your crisis, expect a miracle. Expect God to do something. And if somebody says, when are you expecting it? Any day now. <laughs> when are you expecting it, Pastor Jackson? Any day now. But you've been saying that for a week. Any day now. You've been saying that for a month. Any day now. 
You said that all year long. Any day now. The question for us to consider right now is that in the midst of what we're going through, are we expecting a mighty move of God? When this is over, <laughs> I'm going to be restored, stronger, firm, and steadfast. Why? Because I'm expecting God to do something whew, that only God can do. Pause for a moment. Ooh, cut the stove off for a moment. Cut the television off for a moment. Whatever else is distracting you for a moment, it's just you and God right now. Nothing else in the background. Amen. Ah, I need you to do, if you can, if you can't, if you're not in a position to do that, I understand. But this is a sacred moment. Are you expecting a miracle? Are you expecting a mighty move of God any day now? Come on and bless us, baby. Ooh, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm expecting my miracle. Thank you, TJ. Yeah, yeah. Any day now. Ah. Any day now. I'm expecting my miracle. I expect that.
somebody come on and worship. Listen, no matter what you're going through, God says, I've got a word for you. If you need prayer, if you need someone to talk you through your situation, pick up the phone and dial 888-776-1238. No one should ever be ashamed to ask for prayer. Perhaps, Mac, one of the great things that have come from this virtual experience is that everybody can go to their own altar and don't ever have to worry about anybody judging you because nobody sees you. <laughs> it's just you and God at your private place saying, Lord, I need you to do something any day now. Ooh, in the midst of this, I'm expecting God to do what only God can do. Listen to what verse 10, the latter clause, second and the last clause of that verse. After you have suffered a little while, God himself will restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast firm means I am staying put I am not wavering steadfast means I'm focused on what God has for me but it only happens after you have suffered a little while close those eyes let us pray Eternal Father, we thank you. God, we bless you for this Tuesday night. Thank you for this one-hour Bible study. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that when this is over, we will be restored. We will be strong. We will be steadfast. We will be firm. We will be unmovable unshakable we will not waver in our faith because we know that something good is coming out of this when any day now a mighty move of God can happen in our life right now Lord have your way move in a mighty way Lord amen right now Lord Lord we thank you we bless you we count it already done in Jesus name in Jesus name and everybody lift those hands and say any day now come on yeah 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 yeah
Amen. As the priest seems softly sing, you can call. Even when this broadcast is over, for a few moments, we will be out there by the phones. Call 888-776-1238. Thank you for being a part of this virtual service. Thank you for all of your contributions to make these services and what we do in the community possible tonight. Because of your faithfulness, we're able to do what God has called us to do. I want to invite you to a very special Sunday virtual service. I don't always do this, but there are some messages that God gives me that I feel really, really strong about. This one, Sunday, is a brand new message, and it is an independent message. It is not part of a series, and the message is entitled, Embrace the Change. Embrace the Change. I know we're going through something. But God says we can't run from it. <laughs> we must embrace it. Invite a neighbor and a friend. Organize a watch party right now. For Sunday, both live at 8 and 11. And watch God declare that he de as he declared in Isaiah 43. And I would do a new thing. <laughs> Embrace the change that God has coming our way. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We count it already done. Thank you for what you've done and what you are doing, Lord. Thank you for this service tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. And everybody that loves the Lord said amen. Amen. Somebody ought to tweet out any day now. Any day now, God's going to do something marvelous and great. God bless you. Thank you. Yeah. to thank you for your continuous financial support to the ministry of Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. It's offering time and here are the following ways that you can give. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account or via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Our mission statement here at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road is to know God, to love, and to serve. We'd like to thank all of our viewers for tuning in, especially our first-time viewers. If you haven't already, please be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to share with your family and friends. like to thank everyone for tuning in to our live broadcast. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. We want to hear from you. We'll be doing a survey to see how you feel about returning to in-person worship. Be on the lookout for an email or a phone call so you can share your feedback with us.
There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account, or via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If this service was a blessing to you, please share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, please be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org.